you know, I have a lot of people that will come to me saying, hey, I need a certification, you know, either to keep my job or to get this new job or get this promotion. I have a short time frame to do it because the opportunity is going to pass me by. And I'll say, okay, well, what's the goal? They'll tell me the cert or the thing they need to study and learn. And I said, okay, well, uh, how much time do you think you're going to need for that? And they'll tell me, oh, I might need a couple months, but I only have less for the best type of long-term memory is to try to, what I call, hijack the process of geospatial memory, which is time and space. And uh, YouTube has been such a great platform for education because that is, majority speaking, visual learners are, are the top of the percentages. Welcome to the Top Cyber Pro Podcast, the show where we bring experts in the cybersecurity industry to share their valuable knowledge, experience, tips, tools, techniques, and resources to help you become a top cyber pro. And now, here's your host for this episode, Terry Thompson. If you want to achieve your goals, you must have better habits. You know, here's the thing. Time is going to move with or without you, but habits are better than goals. And we're going to dive into that. Welcome to the show, Jim West. How you doing, man? Doing great as always, Terry. How about yourself? Every day is Monday. You know the deal. <laughs> Look, we're going to start selling these shirts on topcyberpro.com. We have to start selling these shirts because it's a mindset. And, and so is cybersecurity. Cybersecurity 100% is a mindset. We're going to dive into some of those things today. We read a recent article where it talks about reading 20 pages a day being a habit. Saving $10 a day is a habit. Running one mile a day. Becoming 1% better. Here's the thing. The point is, is that small habits are underestimated. And remember that the longest race is won by taking one step at a time. And over time, you will achieve that end result in mind. So let's dive on into it. Today's theme is all about time. And it really takes that consistent, that persistent action in order to achieve the things that you must achieve every single day. But what is it that you want to achieve? And we're going to dive into that. So Jim, what are your thoughts about time management? Because you're a true champion when it comes to like chunking and doing things and knocking things out. What are your thoughts about time and time management? You know, it's it's amazing when you look at like other people's accomplishments and success and you think to yourself, wow, I wish I I had the time. I wish I had the resources or or whatever the blank is for people. And then the blanks are, are excuses. I would own a business. I would start a new company or I would write a book if I had most of the time we say time is our excuse. But then you look at people that are successful, like serial entrepreneurs, they're always starting new businesses, always doing a new project here and there. And we always then we say, well, if I only had the energy, there's always the excuse or the blank. But the most common one is time. But yet people don't realize that every, every human being on the planet has that same limit. They're born and we're going to die. For some people, it's a little further out. Some people, unfortunately, it's you know, sooner than, than later. But the day, the day is 24 hours. We have the same amount of seconds and minutes, and some people are able to accomplish more than others simply because of determination, focus, creating those good habits to maximize and, and use the most effective use of time. You know, I have a lot of people that will come to me saying, hey, I need a certification, you know, either to keep my job or to get this new job or get this promotion. I have a short time frame to do it because the opportunity is going to pass me by. 
And I'll say, okay, well, what's the goal? They'll tell me the cert or the thing they need to study and learn. And I said, okay, well, uh, how much time do you think you're going to need for that? And they'll tell me, oh, I might need a couple months, but I only have less than, you know, four to six weeks. And I'll tell you, that's all the time you need if you're willing to make it a priority and dedicate chunks of your day. Because again, when you start talking to someone, tell me what your day is and you'll, you'll find it. It's so easy when people say, well, I go to Starbucks, I, I go to the office, I usually spend 10 minutes of water cooler talk, then I log in my system, I do this, this, this. But once you start really breaking it down hour by hour, you'll find that most people have lots of time in their day. It's just they're not conscious of it because they're not really tracking it. It's, it's the same thing like with nutrition, not to go off on a tangent. But a lot of people that want to lose weight, they're like, well, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to the gym every day and I'm working out for an hour. You know, when you look at the numbers, working out is only burning so many calories. And don't get me wrong, there's value in the working out, the cardio and the strength training. But the ultimate goal is it's a science to lose weight. You got to have less calories coming in that's being uh, used. And so it all comes down to what you eat. And a lot of people don't track the little minutia of everything they eat in the day, just like with time, no one's really tracking everything they're doing in their day to realize how much time they do have. Yeah, I love that. You know, and it's one of those things to where time, like I said in the beginning there, time's going to move with or without you, but what are you doing within that time? And I think that matters because it really kind of comes down to what's the most important thing that you want to achieve every day. For me, I call it the bottom line up front. That's it. I filter everything else out because it's not important. Look, I'm here to tell you that getting your certification is easy whenever it becomes a priority. And if it's not a priority, everything else is a priority. And if everything is a priority, then nothing is a priority. And you're not going to achieve your certification. Look, there's opportunity that's out there right here, right now. The job market is short. People are looking for cybersecurity experts. So whether you're in the field, not in the field, or you're trying to progress within your career, carve out some time to make studying a priority. And we're going to dive into some of that here as well, too. I remember studying you know, for certain things years ago. And I had to make time, it, even if it was from seven o'clock at night to 10 o'clock at night, that was my two or three hour time chunk in which to, to just go over things. So when you're studying, when you're preparing for an exam or whether certification or whatever the case, I get anxiety. I 100% get test anxiety, but how do you prepare and what is your best recommendation for preparing to take and pass one of those certifications? Well, let me start with the word anxiety. You know, almost nine out an easy nine out of ten students of mine or people that have come come to me uh, via uh, the internet and other measures will always bring up. You know, I'm not a good test taker. I get so nervous. You know, anxiety is rampant with, with, with human beings because we're anxious about the unknown. We don't know what's next when we click for the next question. We don't know what's about to hit us with, right? And what I try to instill in my students is like confidence. You know, empowering people with knowledge with the different techniques that I teach about how to learn new things, how to use active learning and other techniques that I have to help you remember stuff for longer. Like imagine if you were able to read a book one time and knew at least 80, 80 plus percent of that book from reading at one time, that would be a phenomenal skill to have. Everybody has that capacity for that level of learning. Uh, most people don't have to read the book five, six times, highlight, make notes, take copious amounts of notes on the site. And not that there's anything wrong with that approach, but it's highly inefficient if you only had a short amount of time to accomplish something. But, uh, I, you know, I think anxiety is a problem because it's a lack of being prepared. It's a lack of um, confidence in your knowledge base. 
that you can walk into a test feeling what I call well-armed mentally to take this on. And I think that the more that people are comfortable with knowledge, uh, ingesting it, uh, recalling it, then the more confident they are in the test. Uh, I think that's what it comes down to. And I think one of the beautiful things of topcyberpro.com is our class teaches active learning. It teaches recall. It teaches these things so that not only do you use it for the test, you use it for everything in life, you know, from simple things like remembering someone's name to addresses and phone numbers, like this lost art. I mean, Terry, you're, you're, you're a little bit older than I am, but we're both of a generation where we had to remember our home phone number and everybody in our lives number had to be up in the air. Uh, we just didn't have a phone that had every, all this internet wealth of knowledge. We had to actually remember stuff. And so, uh, but yeah, I think that anxiety is definitely correlated to preparedness as well as how much knowledge you have accumulated. And and, I, and me having a military background, I love acronyms. Well, I hate acronyms actually, but they can be useful when studying for an exam. And I think that whenever you can shorten or you can filter out certain things or at least associate certain things with other things, I truly believe that's crucial in, in the learning process. You know, and I know you have your book, Active Learning, which is also available on topcyberpro.com. You know, you you give some great tips, tools, techniques on how to how to take an exam. And I think that, you know, tying some of that knowledge, some of those skills together will help you take and pass your exam. For me, acronyms. I love acronyms. So I remember when I was trying to take this one exam, I had this one thing I truly struggled with until I came up with an acronym for it. When I came up with an acronym and it was funny, I'm not going to repeat what the acronym here is here and what it means, but it, it had something to do with rubbing things together and, and this that, and the other, but it, it helped me. Rem- I tell you, I didn't forget it. So talk to us about the importance of association or acronyms, but I think association is really the key point here. You're definitely right. I mean, there's some popular ones, like for the OSI model, for people studying networking, you know, all people seem to need data processing. Mm. Uh, there's several other variations of that sentence, but for people to remember the order that the seven layers of the OSI model went, that's, you know, using a sentence, as simple as a sentence, an acronym. For example, for RMF, I, I like to use Shazam. <laughs> See, uh, it's not spelt the same as Shazam, but it's C-S-I-A-I-A-A-M. But it, it was it's just a humorous, verbally funny way for me to remember the order of which things go in. Um, but I think the association is definitely more powerful. Association is the foundation of which the, there's a technique called memory palace uh, that you can train yourself up to. And it definitely uses association. I think for, for the best type of long-term memory is to try to what I call hijack the process of geospatial memory, which is time and space. Um, not to be chauvinistic, but males typically have a better or more they, they utilize that part of their memory more because it comes from that hunter mindset. Now, you know, females on the hand, also because of gathering, they had to know where the berry bushes were and the primitive men had to know where the watering holes were to go care, kill the animals to bring meat back to the camp. Um, that time and place, you know, what time to be there and where. The same thing. So the only way we manifest that today is in directions or where we parked our car. Right. That's about the only time we use that. But that part of our brain is so powerful to quickly hijack in remembering and raising our recall. Um, 
but yeah, I think association. I think one time I did a um, a, a conference, a cybersecurity conference that I, I concepted and uh, ran and planned and ran called Cyber Bowl out in Southwest Asia. And in Cyber Bowl, we, we correlated everything to football and football themes. So even with network and uh, data attacks, we represented it with football plays on a field. And it was such a great visual to let people kind of have that visualization of what's happening. And the defenders on the team represented the different networking components and security measures that we put in to try to stop those attacks. And it was a great way to let people go, oh, now that makes more sense to me than just reading about it in the book. I can now visualize what's kind of going on. So, yeah, association is a very, very powerful tool. And it's one of those habits that you must integrate within your daily life. So as you're walking about, as you're going through things, have that habit of that visualization, have that habit of that association. So as you have the knowledge and skills and experience, you know, that you're studying so hard for, you know, when you're walking by, see if you can associate certain things with like, hey, I see this at a grocery store. I see this here. I see this there and associate that with. Here's another great habit that I truly believe in. And this is something that goes back to some of us old folks. And that's writing things down, because I think that with apps and, you know, com- you know, all these different things that are out, computers, mobile phones, I think that we've lost the art of writing things down. And I think that when you write things down, especially when it comes to taking a test or trying to learn something or deeply ingrain something, there's power in writing things down. You know, Terry, you're absolutely right. Actually, one of the types of learners is called a kinesthetic learner. Uh, is through physical touch. And because we're in a digital age where books have been replaced by Kindles or e-reader tablets, and our way we get in our knowledge is through video screens and touch, you know, apps. We've lost the ability to go back to just, you know, following a story with our fingers. You know, when we first learned to read, usually we're told to follow the sentence and the words with your fingers, sound things out, uh, highlight, underline things that might be important. Those little basic study skills that used to be part of everyday life has now kind of been supplanted by technology. And so I'm always an advocate of people going back to old school, especially when it comes to studying. You know, you read something, start highlighting the key words, use my labeling technique, the CIA method. If you read about, let's say, a new you know, technology, well, what is the number one goal of that technology? And, and put a little letter by it, highlight it, letter by it, and just kind of incorporate that into your studying. Um, I think that uh, a lot of that's been lost with technology. So as great as technology advancements are, sometimes you got to go back old school. I love that. You know, and for me, um, I, I I think that listening to things is really kind of passive learning. And I, I want to conduct active learning, which is re- one of the reasons why you wrote your book, Active Learning. And and once again, different people learn different things differently. For those people that, that can learn simply by listening, I can't do it. Now, I can, but I have to listen to it over and over and over and over again until it gets deeply ingrained. And then I have to make an association with it. And then I have to take action and get a result. And then, you know, from there, I can modify, tweak or change and ultimately get the tools that are in my toolkit. That becomes the knowledge, the skills and the experience. Uh, what are your thoughts about all that when I say that? So when you talk about listening, that's oral, A-U-R-L, uh, A-U-R-A-L, oral learning. And back in the earlier days of like higher learning, college, universities, you know, higher learning institutions, you know, when we think about those old type of institutions, we imagine the professor in the front of a dormitory speaking to 100 plus students, right? Lectures, Right. And uh, the sad reality is that uh, the people that learn primarily through oral learning uh, is less than, I think, less than 9% of the population. 
So it was no wonder why most, you know, one to two year college student dropout rates was 40 to some, some areas of the world, 60% in the first two years, because that's not their primary way of learning. Uh, the highest being visual learners. That's why YouTube academies and, and uh, YouTube has been such a great platform for education because that is, majority speaking, visual learners are, are the top of the uh, percentages. So having things like Khan Academy to help people with math because they couldn't understand it from reading the, the figures on a paper. They needed a video to explain it. You know, visual learning is, is, is the top of the starts, but that doesn't mean that visual learning works for everybody. I've had a lot of students to say, hey, I've watched these YouTube videos. I've been to these different channels and I still don't get it. Then we find out that they are oral learners. So we give them, you know, like cybersecurity podcasts to listen to or just tell them, hey, don't watch the video. Just don't even watch the screen. Just listen to it. And it's just like just that change up in the sensory that you're taking it in changes everything. You know, we we had a, a recent conversation with a truly phenomenal level 99 top cyber pro, Jacqueline Jack Scott. And she mentioned something within that podcast episode that was that just it, it made sense. Now, I'm fully aware of it. But when she said it, it completely hit in a whole different way. You know, and it, we talk about the different learners. We talk about the different styles of learning. But she said something about personality traits. I think that when you when you figure out what type of a personality that you have, how does that really help you learn better or understand or develop better habits? Because I think that there's something there with personality that will help you either be a procrastinator or to have better habits or a better test taker versus whatever. How does personality play into all this? Well, I think when it comes to education, the only two in, in my book, Active Learning, I speak about intrapersonal and interpersonal type of learner. You know, an intrapersonal, they're introverted. They'd rather be the lone wolf learner. They, they learn and self-study on their own. They don't want to. Whereas the interpersonal uh, studier, they want to be in a study group. They want to hear different perspectives so that they can fine tune their own perspective. Uh, kind of, Or sometimes they want to give their perspective and have other people come back and help them refine it or challenge it sometimes. You know, these are like you're the people that love to debate, people that love to just, you know, soundboard off of a group of people and, um, you know, challenge, you know, others as well. And so there are pros and cons to both, obviously, you know, for the introverted learner, you know, they're, they're going to lack the perspective and, and opinions of other people that they're not listening to or, 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 you know, getting feedback out of. And for the interpersonal one, they, they will potentially lose their, their, their independent voice and opinions uh, as a result of getting watered down through others that they, you know, let refine sometimes too much the ideas or generalize their ideas too much. It sounds like you're talking 100% about me. <laughs> I'm just saying. So no, I mean that. I mean that with with a, with a with a whole heart, with a good heart as well too. Because I know for me, I filter a lot of things. I'm not quite sure what type of a learner that I am or what, what my personality trait is. I'm going to have to go take those tests and figure that out because I never thought about it, but I never thought about how some of those things can play into why you have certain habits versus why you don't have certain habits. And I think that there's something to unpack with that because look, whether you're, you're an introvert or an extrovert, that could be a driving factor on the types of habits that you have. And that could determine why you're a good study you know, person who loves to study, you're a great note taker, your, your audio, your visual, all of this stuff plays a role in how well you can study and prepare and take a test to get ready for cybersecurity. Look, here's the thing, getting into the cyber industry, it's not, it's not difficult 
but but you have to put in the effort. You have to put in the work. And that's the one thing that I truly believe that a lot of people don't have. And that's the habit of hard work. We have a habit of hard work. We have a shortage of a habit of hard work here within, within the world. And I don't know what to attribute it to. I don't know if it's technology has made things easier. Now people are lazy. I don't understand. You know, people want the Staples easy button. I don't understand. Let's dive down that right there. Jim, what are your well, thoughts? So I have a couple different perspectives on this. So obviously, I think generally speaking, people expect things to be, you know, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, right? They, or the moment someone meets a little bit of adversity or pushback or resistance challenge, it says a lot about the character of a person. Do they continue pushing forward or do they pause, say, maybe I, this isn't for me. I'm going to go do something else or oh, this, this is too many jargon. This is too over my head. I'm going to quit. And what I say to most people that fall on the latter part of that statement is that, you know, cybersecurity, there's nothing special about me, yourself, Terry, or Jax, or any other level 99 that's on the site. There's nothing special about these people. I, I, and I mean that in the most polite way as possible, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support that statement. We're all just human beings like each other. Now, some of us are, are gifted with better recall, our memory recall that we might have, you know, somehow accidentally figured it out for ourselves. And that's wonderful. So if anything differentiates one of us to the other, it's just our area, our environment, our, our relations, and our opportunities that we've capitalized on. But beyond that, we're all flesh and bone like anyone else, and we have the same capacity for learning. So with that being said, when it comes back to, you know, how you, you know, you say about the habit of working harder, you know, you hear the statement, you know, work smarter, not harder. And so I look back on how I got started in cybersecurity. I was in Southwest Asia. I was a information assurance manager for a signal uh, element, and I had been doing it for about three to five years. And, you know, I got along with the military. I got along with everyone. I, I was very effective in that role. And then my program manager, uh, because of a contractual issue, it was a thing called DOD 8570, which anyone that worked in defense contracting is familiar. It is a chart and a policy that dictates certain level certifications you need for certain level roles. And since I was an information research manager, I needed a what was called an IAM level three certification. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I had no cybersecurity certifications, but I'd been working the job for now. I think this was like year five of being an information insurance manager. And mm -hmm. again, no complaints, very effective in the role. So then my program manager came to me and said, hey, I've been emailing you for months now to the whole company that we had to get our 8570 certs. And you're the last one of everyone. You should be the one that's on top of this because you're the IAM. And so the bad news he was giving me was you have 30 days to get your certification or I'm going to have to send you home. Mm. And it's nothing personal. And I don't care how much the military loves you, but they can't circumvent this policy change. So now here I was, I had 30 days to get my certifications. And I think this is a situation of some people that might be listening to this is in right now, or maybe in the past found themselves in where they was in a short window of a time from either losing a job or failing to get a promotion to a better role in a job. So here I was with 30 days and I had a colleague that gave me some advice. He had asked me, Jim, when was the last time you took a certification? And I said, oh, it's been a while. It was like back in like the mid nineties, my MCSE and T40. And he goes, Jim, it's, it's been a long time. You may want to ease your foot instead of the CISP, start with like a security plus and maybe a CEH and see how you do with those. 
So I walked into the testing center on a Tuesday and then Tuesday, Wednesday, I passed my security plus and CEH. I was like, all right, I got those two under my belt. I think I'm ready. I'll schedule and take my CISP on Friday. Uh, when I first took the CISP, it took me about an hour and 50 minutes, 250 questions, Scantron, you got to fill in the little bubbles. But uh, I, I finished in less than two hours and felt really confident. But here was the problem. That was the first week of four that I had left. Well, when you take a Scantron version of the CISP back then, it te- you know, you have to mail the, 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 the proctor has to mail those Scantrons back to the states. That could take a week or two. And plus, ISC Square will tell you they need four to six weeks of processing and they will notify you. So now I had no control over even the CISP coming back in 30 days. So now I'm stuck with a quandary. I can't wait because I'm about to be sent home before I even get my results back. So I scrambled. I said, what is an exam that's an IAM level three that I can take that I can get the results immediately? And luckily, I found that GAIAC had the the GAIAC security leadership certification, the GSLC. So I went and took that exam the next week. And luckily, I passed and, and I was able to stay. And another four weeks after that, I found out that I had the CISP my first time. But the point of all that is that did I need to take six months to a year to get a certification? No, it was literally, I was told I had 30 days or I had to go home. And so I kind of had a date set. My back was against the wall. And I, and every day I said, this is my priority. This is my focus. What do I need to do to get to the finish line? And, you know, someone said, take a sec plus, even though sec plus wasn't going to help me, but it helped me know that, okay, if I can pass a sec plus, that's the foundation. I just need, then I got the CEH. I got a little bit more. Okay. I validated that I'm up to here. Now can I, and then when I got the CISP and the GSLC, it let me know that I was good to go with my knowledge base. And of course, after that, Terry, the next few years, I started picking up more certifications. Did I need those certifications? No. But what I told myself after that incident, I said, I will always be 8570 certified. And since that time, I've had one certification that I've had certification to cover every box of that chart throughout my whole career, simply because I was going to tell myself I will never be told that I can't fulfill a role because I have every cert that I you need know, to check the boxes. Now, I'm not advocating that for people, but the, going back, circling back to what this, this talks about, you know, I, it, I took 30 days. And I think that if anyone out there thinks they need more than 30 days to accomplish the certification, uh, I would advise them that life happens. You're, you're going to have stuff that happens in your life, or life events, family member passes away, someone falls sick, um, you might get hit with unexpected financial difficulties, uh, things, family vacations, family reunions, family events, personal events will happen throughout the year. So that if you say, oh, I'm going to take the next six months to get the CISP, that's not the right answer. Every student I've ever mentored has had a window of 30 days or less. And uh, I do have a, I don't want to mean to plug, shamelessly plug, but I will, will be providing a curriculum for CISP in 10 days and CISP in 30 days here in the near future. And that is just to support the fact that I believe that you can have a 30 day or less window on any certification out there. And when I say CISP, anyone watching this video knows CISP is one of the most respected cybersecurity certifications in the job market today. It's often in the top five list of certifications in demand. And I've had, so with the 10 days, I've actually helped two NCOs in Southwest Asia get their CISP first time passing with that method for 10 days. But I don't want to go down that rabbit hole too much, Terry, but the main point is, you know, I was once a person that was forced to get my certifications and I didn't have to take months to do it. And if I could do it, anyone can. But I know people watching saying, well, you're Jim West, you're a level 99. But guess what? At some point in my career, I was a level one. 
and I had to start at level one and work my way up to one to 20, 20 to 60, and then work my way and earn my way up to level 99. So when you see people like Jax and others, you know, uh, like Paul and others that we were, were honored to have on our site, everyone had to start somewhere. Everyone had to start with that first step. And for me, I look back at like what the beauty of the master classes at Top Cyber Pro, and I'm thinking, you know, even though I'm the founder of that, of that, that, that method, if I only would have had that in the mid 90s, if I would have had Top Cyber Pro in the mid 90s, where I would be even further today. And, you know, because my, my career path did one of these, you know, with little side paths and mishaps and going here, there, and then sometimes, a, you know, you get a setback and you have to work your way back up. That's kind of been my career path. And the, the beauty I look at Top Cyber Pro is I'm helping people that are like transitioning military or people going from one career industry and completely changing over into cyber. And right now, like I'm mentoring someone that's coming from a healthcare industry going into cyber and to see that transition where they have the roadmap instead of winding up and having the setbacks and failures. They have a roadmap, a course, you know, Top Cyber Pro is giving you that that easy button to save time. You know, because not everybody has unlimited time, but if whatever time you do have, Top Cyber Pro fits that. And uh, I'm amazed that when I see students like get the light bulb moments and they go, oh, my goodness, I never I had so much difficulty trying to understand it. But now you just flip the switch in my head. The light bulb is on that. You know, and, and it reminds me that what you focus on gets results, whether positive or negative. Look, here's the thing. What you focus on gets results, whether positive or negative. But what are you focusing on? And I truly believe that's a habit that people need to really deeply ingrain because everything begins right there. Everything that we say, everything that we do first was a thought. But what you focus on gets results. If you're focused on, you know, all the excuses, all the different things, that's what you're focused on. And unfortunately, that's going to lead you down a negative path. But if you sit down like Jim, you just mentioned the career map and the career, you know, how people can get certified, the certification roadmap. We just had level 99 uh, pro top cyber pro Paul Morgan on the show. And he has two absolutely amazing resources for people. He's got the career certification, uh, the, the cert certification roadmap and the career path roadmap as well, too. And it's one of those things where sometimes you just have to sit down and focus what do I want to achieve? And then how am I going to achieve it? And I truly believe that when you figure out what you want to achieve and how, it really ties into the most important thing you must focus on if you want to get results. And that's why you're doing the thing. When you understand why you're doing something, the what and the how becomes significantly much more easier uh, to accomplish. But why do you want to get into cybersecurity? Why do you want to do things? Why do you want to switch careers? Why do you want to do all these things? I truly believe that the number one habit that you must get into when it comes down to achieving any degree of success is why you're doing something. What are your thoughts? Well, I think the why is really important. I think having people that are passionate for learning or, you know, the benefit of cyber is there's always something new to read or learn about every day. And uh, I think if you have a thirst for knowledge, a thirst for learning, then that cyber is great for you. But then I'll be quite frank, half the students and half the people that are brutally honest with me when they come to me and saying, hey, I, I need to change my career or I need a cert to keep my job. It's mainly a, a very financial driven decision uh, because 
the one of the great things about cyber is you are potentially one to two certifications away from a six figure career. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not going to name the student, but I do have a student I'm mentoring that's in the uh, it's going to be in the New Orleans area. And he just picked up a uh, he picked up a security clearance packet that he's doing. He had a couple certs and uh, now he's doing his uh, equip um, and he's about to start a six figure job. And and it's just amazing that he was two certifications away and now he's getting a secret clearance. Uh, his his new his trajectory is completely changed for the rest of his life. Um, and I'm so happy, you know, I, I, I get such joy out of seeing people grow and to discover something that they never thought was possible for themselves. So, yeah, I think the focus, when you put that focus on something and study hard and put the, you know, the, I always say, start, begin with the end in mind, right? The end in mind is, uh, you know, for some people it's money, right? I want to make six figures. Okay, great. You are, like I said, one to two pieces of paper away, certifications away from accomplishing that. Uh, two, if your goal is to work in something that's going to, you know, make you grow and work with others and build great things and projects, cyber can, can, can scratch that itch for you too. It really just depends on what sector of cyber you want to go in, what area, region of the world you want to live in, and you could plot your course out accordingly. And that's actually something else that we offer on Top Cyber Pro. Maybe not, a, you know, most people when they think of Top Cyber Pro, they think of the master classes mm-hmm. and you know the level 99s and our testimonials. But we actually have a career consultation service where I and Terry will both review your resume. We will offer like what's that next cert or the next level of training you should take to further either raise yourself up in your current uh, career part of industry or to branch out into another one. Here are some options if you wanted to open up opportunities. Um, you know, we offer that on our site. A lot of people don't know that, but, uh, but yeah. I love that, Jim. Thank you so much for sharing your valuable knowledge, skills, and wisdom here today. You know, at the end of the thing, look, here's what it comes down to. If you want to achieve your goals, you must establish better habits. I 100% believe that. And we talked about some tips, techniques, and and a resource in topcyberpro.com that will help you achieve your goals, your habits significantly much faster. But before we go, Jim, what are your final thoughts for any anybody watching here today? What would be your final bit of advice here today? So I have this image and I um, post it on social media, you know, pretty much almost every year about this image because it's something that I think about when I think about time. And it's a great quote by Henry Rollins, who was from the Rollins band, if anyone remembers the 90s. Um, But uh, the quote says there, no such thing as spare time, no such thing as free time, no such thing as downtime. All you got is lifetime. Go. And I don't know how well that'll show up on the screen there, but uh, I, I love that quote. It reminds me that we only have our lifetime to do the things we want to do, experience the things we want to experience, and to impact and achieve the things we want to achieve and impact others' lives, whether that's your immediate family, your neighborhood, your region, your country, the world. You know, everybody, it's easy to say, I want to change the world. But first, start with changing the world inside you. Change the way that you see the world. Change your negative thoughts into positive ones. Build upon what knowledge and experience you have, leverage the tools and resources that's available to you, and build yourself up first so that you can help others. And with any student of mine that's watching this video right now, you are under the obligation by me helping you. I ask every student of mine to make sure you help others the same way I've helped you, because we all are part of filling this cybersecurity skills gap. I love that. And Henry Rollins, by the way, is one of the most humble men I've ever met. 
And so I got an opportunity to meet Henry in Afghanistan years ago, and he was such a humble person, you know, and, you know, he's done a lot of things over the years, but the one thing that no matter what it is that he's done, I will never forget how much of a human he actually is. You know, and I think that when you put a human element behind certain things, anything is possible because there's nothing that's within this world that is so superhumanly out of reach that you cannot accomplish it. And, and I truly believe that. So, Jim, thank you so much for joining us here today. Truly phenomenal conversation. Thank you, Terry. All right. So that was Jim West right there. He is the CEO and the founder of Top Cyber Pro at TopCyberPro.com. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And if you want to connect with more from us, you can do that by visiting our website, TopCyberPro.com. We'll see you in the next episode.